Welcome to the Ordinary Day Podcast. Uh, my name is Pete. And my name is Diane. So here we are, episode 63 Woo! of the Ordinary Day Podcast, where a multimedia designer and a scientist marry and cohabitate in Toronto and share their stories. Mm-hmm. So usually we start our episode off sharing what's new with us for the week. Yes. Uh, got any stories, honey? Uh, I do, actually. Mm. Um, one of the things that's been nice about having my thesis uh, written and finished, woo, um, just waiting on, you know, to get a date approved and all that stuff. And it takes time for profs to read it and sign forms. So I've taken the opportunity. Uh, my time is a little bit more flexible and I'm just kind of waiting on things. So I've taken the opportunity to do some things that I might normally have had time to do. One of those things is picking up my nieces from the bus stop, mm. which was super fun. Um, it's really cool when you're kind of sitting there waiting for your niece to come off the bus and they come off and they've got this big smile on their face and they're so excited to see you. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Okay. <laughs> I, I got thoughts on this. This is good. <laughs> yep. Um, I'm really curious mm-hmm. how much parents still see that and get excited about it. I I don't know if there's a novelty when they're not your kids and uh, you don't have to do it every day and there's all these other challenges or or maybe it is one of the highlights for being a parent. Second question would be, is that paternal instinct starting to kick in for Diane? Maternal? (laughs) Well, parental. Oh, parental instinct. Um... I not, it's not like I'm like, Ooh, I need a baby now, (laughs) but it's just a lot of, a lot of fun. And really what I see it as is I really value family relationships. And I had the opportunity to go to camp with one of my nieces. So we really got to bond over that, but I don't know my youngest niece very well. So it was really good opportunity just to kind of have some time just me and them that we could spend together and it was a nice day and I didn't have to rush off anywhere. So I said, let's go to the park. Why not? I I was not given any explicit instructions as to when I was supposed to drop them off or if I was supposed to get them to do homework or anything. You must not let our kids exercise in nature. Yeah, (laughs) Take them straight home. Yeah. So I thought we'd go to the park. So, you know, we kind of hung out there and played on the swings and it was kind of nice to hang out. And I, tried my best to have a firm hand when we did need to go home. Uh, One of our nieces can oftentimes push the boundaries of uh, timelines. So, yeah, a bit tricky, but we we got home. And then she wanted to go see her friend, and I left her at her friend's house. So... (laughs) I washed my hands of that responsibility. Yeah. That's one one way to... Her friend was there. The friend's mom was there. We were okay. Um, okay. But it's just kind of nice to be able to have the time to take up that kind of thing and be able to help out our brother and sister-in-law. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of nice. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, uh, I, I don't know. I'm still plugging away at the new job. It's starting to get busy, which is exciting. Um 
and the feedback has been great. I'm doing some great work already, which is really hard, you know, coming in to a new job where I'm replacing someone who's been there for many years. Um, I believe it was five, maybe six. Uh, it's, it's hard to just be like, Hey, I'm the new guy and I'm going to do things my way. But my boss has been actively telling me, we need you to fix all the ways we've been doing things before. Mm-hmm. So it's been an interesting challenge where I'm trying to start thinking that way, but also dealing with coworkers who are used to a certain way of doing things, but largely the feedback has been very good. So that's exciting. Um, otherwise, uh, my leisure time, I haven't, I'm kind of missing a fun game to play right now. Hmm. It's kind of, it's kind of bumming me out. You know, <laughs> I finished off the Yakuza. That was a lot of fun. Mass Effect was, uh, earlier in the year, although that was disappointing. Horizon before that. So it's like, I'm waiting for the next something and, and they're too expensive. So I'm waiting for a sale. So it's like, oh, I don't have anything really special right now. One thing I did enjoy, I played a game called Runbo with mm-hmm. my brother and Tell friends me about this. Yeah. recently. That was a fun game. It's actually developed in Toronto by a small independent uh, oh, company. I did not know that. And uh, what was neat about the indie team is they also got support from other indie developers. So characters from other small indie games appear as characters you can select in this game. So there's a little guacamole dude. Little Juan guy from uh, Drinkbox, which is a another developer in Toronto, and I don't know Steampunk, Steam Dig. There's a whole bunch. There's a whole bunch of characters you wouldn't know any of these. So I don't know if I should bother even rhyming them <laughs> off. But it's uh, it's fun. It's a game that I didn't like at first because it was very challenging and frustrating. But then mm-hmm. uh, someone in the room mentioned Guacamelee, and that is like one of my favorite games. And uh, once I realized that's how you play the game, I got really good at it instantly. <laughs> and, uh, and now it's a lot of fun. So I've been enjoying that over at uh, the friend's place. Cool. I do want to mention that, uh, so I have been trying to grow an avocado pit. Mm. I think I put this avocado pit in water in May, like early in the spring. Yeah. I don't remember exactly, but... Um, I remember kind of waiting a month and I said, well, if I don't see anything after a month, then I'll give up. And that's when it grew its first root. And we saw this one root sticking out from the bottom of the pit. Mm -hmm. And we thought, and I thought, okay, well, maybe something's going to happen. And nothing was growing upward out of it, but it kept accumulating all these roots to the point where now it's, it's just, I just have it sitting in like a shot glass and the whole bottom of the shot glass is all roots. Mm And uh, just now, so I want to say five months later, mm-hmm. it has sprouted a little sprout at the top. Yep. So I feel like maybe in a couple of years, it <laughs> might look like a tree or like a small, small seedling. <laughs> yeah, but can we grow avocado plants? I feel in like this was, this was a topic we had, and I don't think so, but it'll make a nice green ery. <laughs> sure. Uh, inside, I guess. Yeah, yes. You can never take it outside. Well, maybe in the summertime, but. Yeah. Well, this is similar to another plant that you have outside um, accompanying our beautiful new planter box. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is this plant. I don't know what kind of plant it is, but it was like 
it was supposed to flower and it never happened this whole mm -hmm. season. Mm -hmm. And I was out on the balcony today working on the planter box, adding some uh, doors to it. And uh, suddenly there's this bright red flower on it. It's like, honey, mm -hmm. have you seen this? It, it flowered mm -hmm. in September. So yep. I think plants are a little confused this year. Yes. Yes. And usually I try to add some worm compost to them. Um, I guess I planted that one later, so I didn't quite get to that stage of things, but some worm compost might have spurred it on a little bit. And I don't know, I also feel like there are certain plants that just take some trial and error to getting the right soil conditions and pot size and sunlight and watering them enough and all those things all combined together. So I feel like I'm working on it and I'm getting better every year because the plants sitting on the counter over here are exploding. So yeah, that part, right? <laughs> yeah. Actually, this, this will transition well into a story I wanted to share with you. Cool. Yeah. Um, I have a quick fire story and then I found another one that I'll share with you later. Okay. Hopefully to fill the time for the podcast. But uh, one of them I wanted to share was something, it was more of a, I noticed something interesting this week while walking around in the path in Toronto. Um, we often have, uh, environmental segments to our podcasts. And mm -hmm. I kind of wanted to share this with you. It's great that the company I currently work for has been uh, very pro environment to the, to the point that, you know, I think I mentioned before on the cast, we don't even have uh, garbage cans at our yeah. cubicles. You have to go to the shared space for your waste. And at the shared space, the kitchen, there is two compost bins, two recycling bins, and one waste bin. Nice. So similarly, I was uh, going to the path, and I've been recently going to uh, a Luango's to have salad. They have a really good salad bar there. And uh, I've been reusing the plastic container you can get there. And it's been like day three or day four, and I was like, all right, I'm going to recycle this thing finally. Mm -hmm. And I noticed in the path, in the downtown area, their waste bins is just a very little, little thing. Okay. But they have a compost mm -hmm. and they have recycling. Okay. But the waste bin uh -huh. isn't called waste. Uh -huh. It's called landfill. Ah. And it's a very little thing. Okay. But I feel that kind of puts something in your head when you look at it yeah. and you're actually throwing something into it. You are uh -huh. actually physically adding to a landfill then. Interesting. And I felt like when I looked at that and mm -hmm. I, I had the plastic fork, mm -hmm. unfortunately, mm -hmm. and I remember you saying that basically is landfill. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I can recycle this. There's a little compost here. Oh, no. <laughs> I am adding to a landfill. And it was a really interesting I don't know, moment for me where I was just like, this is a really good way to communicate the idea of waste. Yep. And I kind of wanted to share that with you and I maybe like that. get your thoughts on that. I like that a lot. I think it definitely does, you know, put in your mind that uh, this is not just garbage that disappears. This is going to a giant landfill site to just pile up. Um, I also feel this spurred a, a thought, a memory. I think it is, I'm not entirely certain it's a country like sweden where they work kind of the opposite to us so i feel like a long time for us the mentality is that if there is a piece of garbage in the recycling bin the entire recycling bin then gets thrown in the garbage right, right, right. whereas other places countries have the opposite mentality if there is a piece of recycling in your trash 
you are sent to resort that and uh you get in trouble because there's a piece of recycling in your trash um and it becomes a big deal that you have to fix this rather than just throw it out in the garbage it becomes a no you need to know how to recycle properly so i feel like yeah Turning that mindset using different vocabulary or approaching the problem differently would also help us with our waste allocation. It's a very simple thing because like we've, we've established the color coding a long time ago in Toronto. I don't even know when it first started, but recycling has always been blue. I feel like that's and kind of beyond Toronto too. Yeah. Like anywhere you go, green or blue, like this is Yeah, compost is an obvious green. Mm-hmm. But for a long time, waste was just black. Mm-hmm. And it was the same thing. They were all three of them next to each other. It's just that that black background with the white lettering didn't just say waste anymore. It actually said landfill. And I thought that was really interesting. So I did want to bring that up too. Mm-hmm. Very curious. And it, it goes into an early argument from all the other podcasts where it's like, if we just change a few simple things and like change our society opinion about it, I think we can solve this problem pretty quickly. It's just a, it's just an issue of the mass needs to get on board on this. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's all the little things. Mm -hmm. Uh, So switching gears, my story centers around uh, hurricane Irma. Mm -hmm. So, we had Hurricane Her- Harvey, Hurricane Harvey, that hit Houston recently last week, and Triple we had H. Um, yes, and we had Hurricane Irma uh, come ripping through the Caribbean, absolutely destroying some of those islands. Uh, so we had big, large prayers today in church for all of the residents of those oh. islands. Um, yeah, you see it and it's just kind of ridiculous how strong this storm was. And these countries are basically, you know, their houses built for a tropical climate. Like, they're yeah. not forts. <laughs> they're just, you know, pretty easygoing structures, Three I little pigs. would say. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're, you know, rather strong, but for winds coming at them at 205 kilometers per hour. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, that's pretty ridiculous. Um, so thoughts definitely going out to all those countries. Um, but I had to take a moment today and stop myself from laughing because one of the news headlines that we saw passing around the TV was uh, officials have had to urge residents of Florida not to shoot the hurricane. Yeah, with and their I was like, firearms. What is that about? So I looked it up, and apparently, it was someone on Facebook thought they would throw out a practical joke about how people in Florida stand strong and they just don't let somebody else come barreling into their state and just destroy it. Therefore, all citizens must take up arms and shoot at the hurricane. Yeah. And then the uh, police had to tell them that please don't do that because one, it's not going to change the direction that the storm is going. No. And two, it's probably going to whip up those bullets and send them somewhere else. And that's not a good thing. And uh, yeah, we feel like most people would understand that this was a note of sarcasm, but we, never, we're not going to take yeah. risks on that. And you never know. Man, um, that was always a, a point of joy or whatever way back when The Onion first launched, which is a parody site, a well-known parody site probably now, maybe not as popular as they were, I don't know, five years ago, but often at the beginning of like Facebook and these social media 
sites, they would have people who would be outraged and they would just post onion articles. And it's like, I can't believe this is happening. And they are totally not getting the fact that this is a satirical site. Mm -hmm. Uh, And also it's just, they're just reading the headline and, and that's as far as reading goes, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But some of these headlines would just be ridiculous. Yes. Like, of course it's not real. Can't believe everything on the internet. Come on, people. Nope. Uh, so Hurricane Irma is now down to a Category 2 storm, so it's much less powerful, but still battering Florida right now. Yeah. Uh, we don't typically have to worry about hurricanes where we are because by the time they reach us, they've significantly diminished it's in still their to people, uh, though. I can't capacity. turn that off. You know, no, yeah. Like it's, it's, it is. It's not happening to us. It doesn't mean it's not important. And it's it's really tough to watch because you can't really do anything. Like no. you can watch a hurricane forming. You can't stop it. No. <laughs> it's it's going to come and it's going to be as powerful as the conditions surrounding its formation will make it as it carries forth. And it's just, it's an unstoppable force. Yeah. Just get out of the way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, do you have any idea, like, the projected times on this thing? Like, you said there might be another one, too, right? Well, Irma. there's Hurricane Jose is heading yeah. towards Mexico, I think. Uh-huh. And there's also Hurricane Katia. Oh, I already went to the yeah. K's. We're already into K. Where did J go? It's Jose. Oh. It's J-O-S-E. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was the H one. That's embarrassing. Uh, boy, that's Harvey. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. So it's, it's a bit of a rough start to the hurricane season. Normally when you have this many powerful hurricanes and you're at September, Mm -hmm. it doesn't look good for the rest of the season. Like J is the 10th letter of the alphabet. Do they reset every year? Uh, yeah. So they start with a, uh, every year. So when you hit 10 hurricanes at like the beginning of September could be rough. So just everyone out there, keep an eye out. Seems to be a rough year. I've been reading a lot of articles lately on the impacts that climate change would have on hurricanes. Yeah. Because obviously that was one of the first things that came to my mind is we're getting all these really dangerous storms uh, and a lot of flooding. And is climate change actually contributing to that? Or is this some... Just this is just happening this year. I'm going to place my bets on yes. What do they say? say? Yeah, seems to be um, because hurricanes uh, develop over warm waters. So we have an ocean that is warming. So that creates more favorable conditions for this to occur. Um, The articles do say that there's a lot of different things that go into what creates a hurricane and the water you need and the exact conditions and the air has a lot to do with it as well. Um, so it's not solely being caused by climate change, but it certainly is um, a factor. And I guess another point to consider is that the earth has ways of dealing with excess water. So we have wetlands, um, kind of swamp areas, yeah. places that can absorb lots of water. Mm-hmm. And over years, especially in big urban areas, they've often paved over wetlands. Yeah. There's a lot of buildings and concrete. So there's nothing to absorb all this incoming water that's coming in. Um, 
So in future, it would be much better to plan surroundings with these ideas in mind of how we can mitigate flood risk because cities like Amsterdam that are actually below sea level have a lot of policies in place to prevent Mm. flooding because they are at real high risk of it and they've done very well to kind of mitigate those risks and work with nature and what they have. Mm -hmm. So I think that's also part of the problem. Fascinating. Mm -hmm. And I remember your parents talking about how they were in Halliburton and we were getting Mm. all that rain over the summer and they were concerned about flooding, but they never had water accumulate because it's just forest all around them. And that just gets absorbed as opposed to flooding out areas. Okay. We are, (laughs) we are having some technical issues here. I think it might be almost time to retire this computer. Oh boy. I am getting like some major weird stuff going on here, but, uh, it looks like we're still recording and we'll still have an episode from this. Okay. I'll be curious to listen to it to see if any of this is actually being recorded or if this is just the output on my computer that I'm listening to that's generating a ton of feedback and panning. It's just doing a lot of strange things. Yeah. Exciting. And the computer's also losing power right now, which is great. Oh boy. Yeah. Even though it's plugged in. Yeah. So we have to finish fast? Oh, no. Now it's charging. Okay. Great. <laughs> that's not distracting at all. <laughs> um, sorry, are you, uh, are you done with your story? Yes. So that is the end. We need to plan our cities so we can better deal with these natural occurrences. All right. So speaking about... Um, Computers breaking. Mm. I have a story that I uh, found rather enjoyable. It's about technology. Okay. And it's called The Last Things Ever Released on Now Dead Media Formats. Oh, that is curious. And this list was compiled from thechive.com. And when I saw this gallery, I was like, oh, that's kind of neat. I thought it would just be about, I don't know, uh, Betamax or something. Um, but it is interesting how many media formats we've gone through within our lifetimes. Right? Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, digital is largely taken over, but there's been a lot of physical formats, um, certainly within my relatively short lifetime, mm-hmm. to today. So uh, would you like to hear the list? This sounds really interesting, actually. I'm very curious. Okay. So what I just said, Betamax, the last movie release, released on uh, the Betamax, which was a smaller, uh, it was like VHS, but it was, okay. a, it was a smaller tape. It's actually designed by Sony and they made it proprietary, which ultimately led to its demise. It was mm. technically, I think, a better technology than VHS, but, but because Sony made it just like their technology mm-hmm. and they had to, I think anyone who wanted to use it had to pay a large some like royalty to Sony to use it. Everyone else just was like, well, we'll just do VHS. Mm It doesn't matter if it's bigger or blockier. But the last movie on beta was Mission Impossible, 1996. Oh, no way. That seems like... Later than I thought, too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I guess it had less releases, but Hmm. maybe it was Sony Pictures (laughs) that kept it up. Could be. Um, Audio still sounding fine to you? Yep. Okay, good. 
I'm getting nothing but feedback now. It's great. Ooh, fantastic. Uh, last movie released on VHS, A History of Violence, in 2006. Interesting. So 11 years ago. Man. You know, and when you say the year 2006, like, I distinctly remember that year. I know. It doesn't seem like that long ago. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah. it is. But it is. It's a long time ago. Wild. All right, carry on. Um, in this cover, Ed Harris is the main star, and he has a full head of hair, just to give you a piece of perspective there. Hmm. Uh, last laser disc. What's a laser disc? Oh, honey. <laughs> oh, honey. <laughs> You're awesome. Laser disc is, I guess, before DVD. Okay. It was the first digital disc. Um, much like a DVD, it had movies on it, but the discs were basically the same size as a vinyl record. Oh, okay. They're huge and heavy mm -hmm. too, apparently. Hmm. Um, what did you use to play them? On a laser disc player. Oh. A large. Okay. Large. Uh, and this uh, was between VHS and DVD? Yes. I'd never heard of these. Probably right around the time the CD came out, which is actually earlier than you realize. It was like late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. Wild. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, fittingly, the last movie on Laserdisc was End of Days. Nice. With Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yeah, pretty awesome. The last HD DVD. Do you mm. know what those are? I know what those are. Okay, good. Yes. This was a fascinating battle, especially for me, because this is when uh, uh, video games were actually really a large part of deciding which media was going to take off. Huh, okay. And I remember this because at the time it was the PlayStation 3, which is Sony again, yep. was really pushing this new Blu-ray technology, which is what they helped mm -hmm. uh, develop. Um, they've actually been involved with almost every media since the beginning of time. Well, beginning of electronic time. <laughs> uh, but HD DVD was being supported by Microsoft and although it wasn't built into the Xbox 360, you could get an mm -hmm. add-on to play HD DVD, which costs another extra $200. So basically... Are you serious? That did not take off. Yeah. Because the PS3 had the Blu-ray right into it, and mm -hmm. it just worked. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, HD DVD bombed. Um, it was Microsoft and a few others. I can't remember whether it was Toshiba, Hitachi... There's other people involved with it, but it, it mm. didn't take off. Nope. So the last movie released on HD DVD mm -hmm. was Death Proof, a Quentin Tarantino movie. Hmm. I don't know that one. Yeah, not as famous as his other ones. Mm -hmm. Which hit stores in Germany in 2008. Huh. Yeah, it sounds about right. Mm -hmm. It didn't last very long. Mm -mm. So here's a fun one. Oh, okay. The Last Blockbuster Rental. Oh, nice. Yeah. Last Blockbuster Video Video. <laughs> um, I don't know if this was planned. This seems like a media stunt. It's okay. actually on Twitter. Blockbuster tweeted it. The okay. Last Blockbuster Rental. Uh, November 9th in Hawaii at 11 p.m. Uh, 2013. It was also end of days. Oh, nice. no, this is the end. Sorry. This, this is, is the, the end. end. That seemed too planned, right? Yeah. I yeah. guess it did come out around that time, though. It's pretty funny. The movie is not, but yes, that is funny. So we're going to have stories that we can tell 
other generations <laughs> about how, how we used to go out to a store and you could rent a movie and you'd have to walk outside and yeah. go rent a movie and then you have to take it back like a library except well, you pay for it <laughs> and they'll be what do you, what's a library isn't that the thing on my computer yes yes although libraries are there's still a place for books and the libraries are stepping it up in certain realms mm. like with all the lynda.com courses sure but they're also online i know but they're free from the library oh mm-hmm. oh maybe i should check that out mm-hmm. um the last eight track okay do you know what that is uh sort of <laughs> so that's before my time as well <laughs> okay that's what um, i thought i was gonna say really really old well not really really old the last old. eight track was released in the year you were born 1988 Woo! fleetwood max greatest hits you can go your own way oh nice classic yeah um let's see uh last cassette tape Mm. Now, what I like what they did here on the chive, I got to give them props for this, is they totally put in this like asterisk footnote type thing because they knew people were going to give them the, yeah, but I just got a cassette the other day from some indie band or whatever. Right. Like, yeah. It's becoming much like vinyl. It's had a bit of a renaissance recently hmm. with uh, some indie groups. Oh, I didn't know that. With tapes, too. Yeah. Not just vinyl. Okay. Just another way to release material in a a cool way or whatever. I think Mm -hmm. maybe Guardians of the Galaxy had something to do with it. Come on. Look at how awesome that is, right? Yeah. So they say, the last major label release on tape, meaning not small indie labels, do-it-yourself ones or reissues, was rapper, I guess it's Jada Kiss, 2009, The Last Kiss. Don't know who this person is. I don't recognize that name. I don't know if it's Yada Kiss. <laughs> I don't think so. Huh. huh. Yeah. I do remember, good stories we'll be able to share again, that when I was first going out to buy music, there was the option of buying it on cassette, cassette tape or, or CD. CD. Yeah. And then there was that period of time where you're like, I don't see cassettes anymore. It's just CDs. And now... You don't see anything. Hardly, 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 hardly. Digital, digital. Mm-hmm. All those stores like H and V are more just, you know, um, merchandise. Have you gone into an H and V recently? Uh, there's not a lot of them left. I know. There's, um, I think it's, I think it's a Sunrise at uh, Fairview Mall. I just walked past it. I think that used to be an H and V, so now it's Sunrise, and yeah, it's a lot of, a lot of merch. Yeah. A lot of, you know, Game of Thrones is big, so it's just Game of Thrones everything. Action figures, glasses, yeah, Mm -hmm. t-shirts, a lot of t-shirts. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. rather than the music, so. Mm -hmm. So another media that's gone pretty much all digital that I've certainly noticed and Mm -hmm. have actually embraced and never thought I would, but I love it now, is video games. Yes, sir. So the last Atari game was released actually in 1989, which surprised me a little bit. That's like... Going into a few years of the NES. Um, it was a game called Clax. K-L-A-X. Clax. Clax. That sounds fun. I have no idea what that would mean. <laughs> Speaking of Nintendo, the last NES game mm-hmm. was released in 1994. Ooh. Which is insane because that's like three years after the Super Nintendo was released. That's a pretty long life. Mm-hmm. It was Wario Woods. Wario's Woods. 
he's the Mario's nemesis. I see. Where okay. they switched the M upside down and it became a W. Oh, thank you. Because he's evil. <laughs> the last Genesis and Super Nintendo game. Okay. Was Frogger. <laughs> Frogger, awesome. <laughs> a re-release of the classic arcade game Frogger. What a weird thing to release in 1998. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's sold. And that's the last thing you release. <laughs> yeah, well, people are playing PlayStation and Nintendo 64. I'm sure that did not sell that well. Unless it was like $15, but I doubt it was. Yeah. And uh, here's one for you to end it off. For me. The last book on tape. Nice. People still call them books on tape, even though they're really called audiobooks now. But you can still get audio. Oh, I guess they're all digital now. Yeah, they're not. Uh, This is books, like actual books on tape. So it's like the cassette thing again. Yep. Um, Last major book on tape was Sale by James Patterson and Howard Ruffin? I do not know that book. Probably never heard of that one. Do not know that book. I mean, I read a lot, so. It's even read by two people. By Dylan Baker and Jennifer Van Dyke. (laughs) I don't know those people either. Uh, Nor do I. Interesting. There's a brief description on this uh, cover image. Would Mm -hmm. you like to hear what this book is about? Sure. It's called Sale. Mm -hmm. What do you think it's about? Two dudes that go on a sailboat across the world. Hmm, but it's read by a man and a woman. That okay, a dude a and a woman that go on a sailboat across the world. Okay. Well, no, it doesn't sound that exciting. This is the great headline. <laughs> on, the, on the image, it says, a boat is lost, but then comes a message. The Dunn family is alive. Exclamation point. Ooh. That it sounds terribly boring to me. <laughs> I am going to pass on sail. Sorry. Kind of sounds exciting. What happened yeah. to them? Where'd they go? I like reading more towards, than you, so... <laughs> towards land, I'm assuming, at some point. Spoiler alert. Yeah, so that's uh, that's a list of the last things ever released. I thought that, that was fascinating. Very fascinating. Especially when you've lived through all those various pieces of media, mm-hmm. and you can remember them, Yeah, and kind of think back to that time, because they just you just stop seeing them. It's not like there's a big announcement that, like, this will be the last thing that we release. Right. Yeah. And it also gets me thinking of like the future because Mm -hmm. since, you know, iTunes became a thing, I bought music on it and you can still access that stuff through their new service or whatever. Like it, it's something that has lasted a very long time. I mean, I can still access Mm -hmm. my CDs, but some of my CD players are broken now. Right. Yeah. Whereas digital is still sort of living on. And although we keep getting Mm -hmm. newer, computers and newer devices the digital media itself itself still works so it's like will there ever come a point Mm -hmm. where you know it worked really well for studios when you went from dvd to blu-ray you could resell your movie right you can do that also with um videos right now because they're like doing 4k or 3d it's -hmm. like there's a new version Mm -hmm. to buy Mm -hmm. it but audio has largely stayed the same since like the 60s where it was just it's released in stereophonic sound left and right <laughs> you know until yep. until they're like hey mm-hmm. this album's in 3d sound and you put on your vr helmet and you can walk around and listen to the band live or something that they, they have to come up with something 
new in order to re-release it. So it's going to be kind of fascinating to see how digital works with us. And does it really ever die? Hmm. Yep. Yeah. Especially when people pass on too. Like, can you pass on your digital library to your kid? That's a good question. Much like how a grandpa might pass on. Like, we've got a whole bunch of vinyl records recently mm-hmm. from family members. Mm-hmm. I do Don't not know. know. So I guess if you see. have their password, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's a brave new world ahead for us. So <laughs> something to think about. You know what, honey? We're actually doing really good on time. We could wrap up here if you would like yeah. to save your story for next time. I am ready to wrap up. I think I've told all my stories because it was okay. just my, my weekly recap and uh, insane hurricane. Oh, perfect. Great. Well, then um, let's let's wrap it up here. I'll, I'll talk about our email address, ordinarydaypodcast at gmail. Please, gmail.com. Please feel free to send any of your stories and stuff that you'd like to share with us. We're always looking for new topics and thoughts, too. So it's always good to hear something. Yes. And thank you to Phil Processor for our music. And you can catch them doing a live Twitch stream every Friday night. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, info on that, fieldprocessor.com. Perfect. So until next time, take one more. By the road. <laughs>